our church, but this is happening with thousands of churches in our country and uh, a lot of churches in our community. And so that's kind of what this is about. Just one way. Uh, if you want to pay for the shipping, there's like a $9 shipping charge. You don't have to, but if you'd like to, you go online and you can actually follow your box wherever it lands. So kind of like... Uh, what, UPS? You can kind of follow packages. You can follow this, and you'll know the day that your package is where it's delivered. If you go online, you'll find out, because I, yeah. Yeah. But it gives, the instructions are great, right, Phil? Phil's been, he spent some time on there. It's very, very helpful. You can just turn your box in without the $9. There's also a little envelope that kind of declares kind of how to do it here. So if you read through it, and then the next time you ask me, I'll have the answers. So Wednesday night at home group, that'd be awesome. October 29th is the fifth Sunday of, of the month. And so this, uh, on that Sunday, we're going to do the best that we can as leaders in this church, worship teams, youth teams, uh, prayer teams, the board team, and kind of, kind of express what God is calling CLC to be. Kind of our vision and our direction. And so it's going to be loaded with scripture. It's going to be loaded kind of with, with I hope, the heart of God on that 29th. And you're part of this. This is, this is not just a few people. This is your church. This is God's church. And we want to be everything that God wants our church to be. And it's going to take faith. It's going to take teamwork. It's going to take the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit's not in it, I don't want to be part of it, do you? So on that 29th, we're going to kind of unwrap that together. And we'll pray over that. I don't think we have the package all done. I think God has revealed bits and pieces of it to us. I think it's been obvious as, as we begin to step out in faith what God's doing. And at the, we'll have, after we have that service time, we'll head downstairs and just have a Mexican potluck. Does that sound fun? And so if you're, yeah, Mexican potluck. And so I'm going to pass that form around to you. And it says uh, main dish and then a salad or some type of rice or beans or whatever you like. So we'll pass that around and... Uh, so that's like two Sundays from, from today. Awesome. Night of Champions for all the middle school and high school kids. There'll be like 400 kids at Tascadero High School. So all the churches in Paso and Templeton, uh, Morro Bay, Tascadero, we're all meeting at the gym at uh, Tascadero High School. And it's going to be a night of praise, a night of worship, a night of giving testimonies. And so uh, our, we're taking the bus. It leaves at 6 o'clock from CLC, and we'll be back at 9-ish. And so uh, I'm going to run down there and ride, drive the bus, and I'm going to come back to home group. Then I'll pick you guys up, and Chad will be there for the whole thing. So it sounds great, right? Amen. No, i got to find somebody to drive the bus. You want to drive it? There we go. I'll talk to you. I know you can't. <laughs> that's, that's why I'm driving this. <laughs> Amen. We are going to have uh, Tom come up, and uh, he's going to release the kids and do some fun things in that way. Okay, as our uh, kids come forward, and then uh, those that are uh, going to take the offering as well. Proverbs 22.6 says, Train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. How many of you are here because of that? My hands are up. Who prayed for you, and that's why you're here today? I think most of us could say that. And so thank you for investing in your children and faithfully giving these, these children to be trained up in the way of the Lord. So I'm going to uh, say that one more time, uh, the Proverbs 22.6, and then... I want you to fill in names. Just say it under your breath. Those people in your life, those children, the grandchildren, one thing about growing old is that training never stops. And so I want to say it one more time, and then you just say all those names that come to you first. And your children are a witness of that to you. Your children are a witness of that today. Right here, generations right here. So with our eyes wide open, I'm just going to say, 
Thank you, Lord, that we can chain up these children in the way of the Lord, and they will not depart from you when they grow old. Thank you, Lord. All right. Let's go. As God brings a message today, Hebrews 4.12 talks about the Word of God is living, is active, and is alive. And that's what we came here to hear today. We came to hear the message that God has laid on Guy's heart. Guy is active and alive. He's one of the most active and alive pastors I know. And so that word says that the Word is sharper than a double-edged sword piercing to dividing of soul and spirit. Our soul is our intellect and our will and is our emotion. Our spirit is our intellect and as well as our instinct and our consciousness and our communion with God. And then it divides the joint and marrow physically. And then our mind, it actually judges our thoughts and our attitudes. And I believe today as we come prepared to hear what God has, that, that the Word is going to be active and alive. It's going to change us. We're going to leave here different than we came today. So we give you thanks, Lord, as we just pray. We lift up our bodies, our mind, our soul, our emotions, all those things, Lord, that you interact with us. And I give you thanks for the message, Lord, that you're going to give today. In your name, amen. Amen. It is really quiet in here. Wow. There was a word that was not allowed in my house. Uh, We could not use the word. And the word that we were not allowed to use, I have a hard time saying on the microphone, is the word hate. In our home, uh, that was as bad or worse than any cuss word. I had a godly dad. I heard one cuss word come out of his mouth as long as he lived. And I think I caused it. (laughs) In fact, I know I caused it. We couldn't say, I hate this food. We couldn't say, I hate this TV program. We couldn't say, I hate cats. Right, John? We couldn't say that about our teacher or our brother. The word hate was not allowed. Uh, It was right on top of the list. So I was a senior in high school. And I, uh, my junior year, I made a mistake, and I chose to follow my friends and not follow God. And I love God. I love God with all my heart. And I chose God in my ninth grade year, my 10th grade year, and my 11th grade year. And somewhere at the end of my 11th grade year, I chose my friends. And I broke my mom's heart and my dad's heart. I broke God's heart. I broke my heart. And uh, I told God that he was the most important thing in all all my life. And I confess of my sin. And the Bible says that if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you of all unrighteousness. So I was forgiven, but I had some friends that had kind of a hold of me. And uh, I chose God over those friends. And that was not easy. A senior year in high school, but I realized as long as I was with, I'm sure they're not listening, Don Fallon and Ricky Slade and, 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 and Rick, Rick Doherty, I was in trouble. And so I left uh, Hedix High School, and I had to face my football coach. And uh, he looked square at me in the eye and said, 
I'm sorry, guy, that you have to leave, that you're not a strong enough Christian to be able to be a light on this campus. I was like, ouch. Because what he said was true. Because if I was strong enough, I could have stayed there, and I was a light my freshman, my sophomore, and most of my junior year. But something happened. I got my driver's license. I had freedom. I could do things that no one knew about. And that freedom, my parents trusted me and they gave me freedom, but I used it unwisely. And I chose to go after what my friends were chasing. And again, my heart was broken. Uh, God's heart was broken. My mom and dad's heart were broken. And I went to my mom. I said, Mom, can I go to Christian high school? My eighth grade year, I was uh, forced to go to a Christian middle school. And so my eighth grade year, I had no choice. It was like, you go and enjoy it. And I did. It wasn't a bad thing at all. But my senior year, I went to my mom and my dad and said, I want to follow God, and I can't follow God where I'm at with the friends I have. I was going to church. Kind of the crazy thing about church in a big city is when you go to church, you, don't, you, don't, you know the kids, but they're all church kids. None of them go to your school. Zero. Here in Paso... Like, it's cool because when you go on campus, you have, you have your football friends and you have your Christian friends and you have these friends and there is a little more of a community. But I had not one Christian friend at his high school. And I realized that I needed some Christian friends. I needed some examples. I needed to kind of iron sharpens iron. I needed to hang around people that had the same love that I had. I wanted them to love Jesus more than they loved their pot or love their boyfriend, or their girlfriend, or whatever they had, uh, their jobs, and I found a, a group of guys that truly loved Jesus. Um, my football coach looked at me, because I got in trouble, I had a red flag over my name, because going in, not everybody knew why I was there. Now, again, it was my choice, but the principal had to give me a thumbs up, because I shared my repentance with them. I was in Bible class. So now I'm a senior, and I get to take Bible class in high school. Like, wow. And it was the book of Proverbs. And it was like, it was like what a great book for a high school senior. And uh, it was a book of Proverbs, and it was kind of the favorite senior class. Uh, everyone kind of waited to be a senior so they could take the book of Proverbs. And so one night we were given the, the opportunity, really the homework, to read through the whole book in one setting. And if you're wanting to get to know a book, just sit down and read it. Just, just read it. Just start reading God's word. I mean, from beginning to end. If it's, a, if it's Philippians or if it's whatever book, just kind of start and go all the way to the end. It's, it's surprising how, how, how clear the word God is if you just read it. And, and so I was reading the book of Proverbs and I came upon the word that it wasn't allowed at my house. And I was like blown away. There are six things that the Lord hates. <gasps> I said, God can't hate? That's impossible. God can't hate. That's not, that's because you cannot hate anything. You can't hate, you can't hate nothing. Broccoli, spinach, it didn't matter. The Raiders, you, you, you nothing. That was for you, uh, Mr. J.D. He, he was at the, the, the Raider game last week. Pretty, pretty fun. I was a Charger fan. So we, we were not even allowed to say, I hate those Raiders. We had to say, well, I dislike those Raiders. Or we don't like their colors. Or we could not use the word hate. And all of a sudden in Scripture, Proverbs 6, 16 said, there are six things that the Lord hates. I thought to myself, they must really be bad. If God hates them, they must really, really be bad. Because... I can't hate them because I'm not allowed to hate. I, I, I got to declare it as a dislike or not approve of or just like I need to stay away from that word. And then I read, there are seven things that are abomination to him. And I said to myself, I need to know what God hates because if God hates it, I need to hate it. So I, I, I went to my teacher. I said, I'm not allowed to hate in my house. So the Bible says I need to hate. And he said, well, guy, I, it, the, what happens is a kind of a righteous anger. It's kind of a holy anger. It's, it's not so much like 
hate to put down is hate to stay away from. Cool, okay. So I'm not putting something down. I just need to stay away from it. I need to have no part of my life. That makes sense to you? Kind of makes sense to me. It was like, okay, because hate has to do with like this real negative energy. It has to do with like, like you're better than others. You know, hating something says that they're wrong and I'm right. But the professor that said, no, God hates it, which means stay away from it. So, oh, okay. So, so I told my, my mom, I said, I said, nah, 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 the God hates things. And she goes, no, he doesn't. I said, you read the scripture, mom. You read the scripture, dad. I still wasn't allowed to use that word. And I didn't allow my kids to, to, to uh, use that word. If God hates it, I must stay away from it. So we're going to look at a few things from Scripture that God hates. And I'm going to use this little ladder to help us. What's the first thing that God hates? What does the Bible say? Haughty eyes, a proud look. Because a proud look and haughty eyes says, I'm better than you. I don't need you. I don't even want to see you. Like, I'm blind to you. You're trash. I'm better than you. You're worthless, and you're unwanted. That is a, that's why God hates it. Because pride and arrogance and haughty looks is 100% not God's heart. Stay away. If it was youth group, I'd like practice the proud look. You walk right by people, and then you greet your friend. And like, they're not even here. It's like, you're so better than them. It's like, they're just so better. Like, versus, and we're going we're to talk about the opposite in a moment. Because being a Christian is not staying away from the things that God hates. It's falling in love with the things that God loves. Does that make sense? We don't have a, like a, this list of things to just stay away from. It's the things that God wants us to embrace. But if we understand the heart of the why, not just the what. The why. Because the why of a proud look is, I'm better than you. I don't need you. I don't even see you. You're worthless. You're unwanted. That is, that's not the heart of God. What's the next thing that God hates? Lying tongue. Somebody's reading their Bible. Or, there we go. A lying tongue, James chapter 3 says, is like deadly poison that kills. James says that it's like a spark that lights a forest fire. A lying tongue is like a spark that lights this and we've watched some fires this week. Devastating fires. A lying tongue corrupts the whole person. It sets the whole course of their life. I have a little bit of a dry throat, so here we go. Ah, it's not any better. Okay. So, I took some sociology classes. I was going to be a probation officer. If you didn't know that, that was kind of my... I, th I thought that's what God's plan was for me. And then he made me a youth pastor. Mm, kind of, well, there we go. And now a pastor. Was, hi, Pete. So they, they kind of did a survey and a study of the things in common for those in prison. Was it the broken homes they came from? Not always. Was it their drug use? Not always. Was it a poor education? Not always. This is what it was. They were all good liars. They all knew how to lie really well. They lied so well that they didn't even know what the truth was anymore, and they deceived themselves. Have you ever lied so much that you believe it yourself? Whew. 
What's the third thing that God hates? What does the Bible say? Like this is a duh. Of course he hates it. He created us in his image. He created us with beauty. He created us for life. Unfortunately, we've just seen this in Las Vegas. Evil. Hands that shed innocent blood. Hands that hurt. I love our preschool. They just... You ever been around little kids? You ever seen them sock each other? Like, where did they learn that from? That little kid is mean. And what you do is you catch them doing good. You catch them being kind with their hands. You catch them uh, patting or hugging. And you say, what a, you, 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 you kind of celebrate the good. Right? As parents, we have to, we have to address this. But we, the best way to address it is to reinforce the good. What's the fourth thing that God hates? Because these are no surprises. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time with these. A heart that... Ooh, you got it. Ooh, go Bible. You ever scheme bad before? There's one thing to do bad. It's something else to kind of plan it. Ooh, that hurts. A heart that schemes wicked plans. What's the fifth thing that God... And this word hate is really hard for me to say. I don't say that word even today. But this message, I feel like this is important that we understand that there is a kind of a... Again, he loves the sinner and he hates the sin because sin leads to death. And Jesus wants no one to perish. No, not one. He loves us so much that he gave his only begotten son. He can do away with these things, but now he gives us a new heart. We'll get back to that in a moment. Okay, what's, it, what's number, what's this, number five? Feet that run to evil. Okay. Now, if you're really kind of smart, you're going to kind of catch something. What part of the body is he talking about here? And what about here? Okay, what about here? Oh, isn't, he, isn't the scripture... What's he talking about here? Heart, what's he talking about here? Oh, isn't that amazing? That's pretty practical, right? What do you do with your eyes? What do you do with your tongue? What do you do with your, your hands? What do you do with your heart? What do you do with your feet? Usually you have to get there somehow. Uber's a little expensive. So you'll take your feet. I mean, your feet take you there. Feet that run to evil. God hates feet that runs to evil. Okay, number six. Okay. Kind of the breath brings out lies. So here's just lies. Here's lies about others. Wow, this is a little different. Lies. I didn't do that. What are you talking about? I didn't take that. What are you talking about? Here saying, did you hear about this person? Did you know what they said? Can you believe it? False witness begins to destroy character. Proverbs uh, 25, 18. It says, one who does like false witness. I'll just turn to it that way I can get it right. Like a club or a sword or a sharp arrow is a man who gives false testimony against his neighbor. Like a club, like a mallet, does destruction. It's like a sword, it pierces. Have you ever been lied about? Hurts. Like a sharp arrow. Is a man who gives false testimony about his neighbors. Number, what number are we on? Seven. One who sows discord, stirs the pot. 
go to FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, Thursday's lunch. But I used to kind of just, because there's like two security officers in the whole school. Imagine that, just two. And now there's about 10. Yeah. And so they would, we would volunteer just to be on campus. So the more adults with eyeballs and just kind of walk around, just our appearance helped. So they allowed youth pastors to be there. They allowed club, other club leaders, moms and dads. They had a little mom and dad patrol for a while before they started hiring. And it was amazing. Big old fight going on campus. I mean, it's a fight. What happens on a, when somebody has a fight on campus? Everyone runs in to watch the fight. Just because, like, lunch is boring. I mean, like, let's go watch people beat each other. How wonderful is that? There's always somebody on the concrete little areas, and they're sitting here. And they're not fighting, but who started the fight? The guy sitting here. He stirred it all up, and he's laughing. They're all running. They're all getting in trouble, and they're like, I did nothing. But what they did is they stirred the pot. They went around saying this and saying that. And, and you, you ever seen anybody who's really good at stirring the pot? And then they just kind of hang back like, I didn't do anything. I'm as innocent. I'm innocent. God says, stay, stay away from them. So here comes the exciting part. Okay, here comes the exciting part. Nick, why don't you bring that crossover? We're going to put this cross right. You're in the front row. <laughs> this is where the hope comes, right here. Perfect. Now I'm not going to see you, but you were good. Lord, give us a new heart. Lord, apply the cross of Jesus Christ to our, the way we look and the way we, our tongue and to our hands and to our heart and to our feet and our breath and about the way we treat people. Lord, apply the cross of Jesus Christ. Lord, give me a new heart. Lord, give me a new way to look at things. Lord, give me your heart. This was kind of what my uh, teacher was kind of getting to. And the word hate got my attention because it's just a strong word. So in, uh, just the, on the opposite thing, then if we're, if we're not to hate, then I really believe God says that he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have a brand new life. So as Christians, Lord, give us a look of what? Kindness. A gentle look. I care for you. I enjoy being with you. I acknowledge you. You have worth. You have value. You are made in the image of God. Lord, slow us down enough, the people that we work with, the people that we live with, our family, the people in our classes. Lord, let me have a look, your look. Let me be kind. Let me be gentle. Let me enjoy them. Even with my eyes, Lord, let them know that I care. Lord, give me your eyes to people. Because not the only way we can begin to do this is we begin to see people through the, the eyes of God. And if God loves them, I want to love them. And if God loves them, has created them, and has a plan for them, then I need to look them in their eye and let them know that they're valued. Because you, you look at what you value, right? And the more beauty it is, the more time you'll spend time looking at it. Lord, give us a look of kindness. And, and we live in a kind of a busy world where we're just like, well, Pastor Guy, you can't look at everybody. You can't make eye contact with all 2,000 students at high school or at the PG&E plant. But you know what? You can make con eye contact with as many as you can without being late to class. And sometimes God will say, there's someone that needs a gentle look. 
And often what they'll do when you give them a gentle, caring look is they'll look away from you because they feel worthless. Why would anybody care about me? And somehow there may be something cool that you can do with your hands. But we'll get to that next. So what's, what's the opposite of being a, a liar? Liar, liar, pants on fire. Truth teller. That's a tough one. And truth kind of starts with yourself first. Yes, I did that. Yes, I was wrong. Yes, I have a problem. You own it. You're truthful. Uh, the thing the Bible says most about truth is to speak truth in love. You don't beat people the truth. You love people the truth. And the reason truth is important to God, because God is truth. God is faithful. God is righteous, which is a long word for God is right. God is holy. And he asks us to be holy as he is holy, 1 Peter 1.16. Lord, help me be a truth teller. Sometimes that will cost you friendships. I'm not those guys' friends anymore. Don Fallon, Rick Doherty, Roland Slade. We were kind of the mod squad. Anybody who was kind of my age, you know what the mod squad was about. We were all different races, and we were a lot of fun to be with. But I couldn't, I had to choose God over them. And I regret that, because if I was strong enough, I could have been that light in their life. But my relationship with Jesus was more important at that moment than being, I had to choose. I had to choose. So what are we supposed to do with our hands? What does God want us to do with his hands? Help? Hug? Serve? Honor with our hands? How much fun is that? That is really a lot of fun. Who's been in Mexico with us? You do a lot with your hands, huh? Just You help, you serve, you hold babies. How many people are kind of feel like, like you use your hands to be kind? So it's, it's you know, a handshake. It's a pat on the back, right? It's that a boy. And it doesn't just come to get what you want. It comes because you love them and you value them and you begin to have God's heart. You're already way ahead of me, aren't you? You're already going like, you got all these figured out already, right? All figured out. The cool part is we're going to be done in a moment, and then we're going to say, Lord, can't do this by myself. Lord, give me a new heart. Let me value people like you value people. And it's all because of the cross. It's because of what you did on the cross that you, the old man is gone. Behold, I'm a new man in Christ Jesus. Jesus says, now don't you leave Jerusalem until I give you the Holy Spirit because you need the power so you can go out and be my witnesses be my witnesses to the ends of the earth be truth tellers be, feed the hungry right let's keep going so what's the next what would be like the opposite of, of, of number four so a heart that uh, devises wicked plans what does God want to give you? Me. How many planners in this place? Okay. So like we plan our vacations, right? We, we plan this, we plan that. So Lord, give, us, give me plans to take care of others. Give me a plan to bless others. Give me opportunity. Instead of thinking about myself, how can I bless my neighbor? What do I could do for them? What can I do for, for you, God? What can I do for the hungry? Lord, give me, you think God will answer that prayer? If you ask him to give you good plans, you think he'll give you good plans? Sure he will. And then you act on those plans. Amen? Feet that run to what? Church. Oh, 
Thank you for running the church today. That's part of it. You ever been to a party you shouldn't have been to? We all say, yeah, we all been to parties that we shouldn't be to. There was a time and place that I could go to bad parties, and I was still light. And then there was times that I couldn't. Same party, same thing going on, but there's a place in my life that, that I was strong, and I went there to be Jesus. And other times I went there to not be Jesus and to do my own thing. There was a point in time when I was dating Christine that we could be alone. There was a point in time when we are dating Christine we shouldn't be alone. And you have to be wise enough and understand these things. And so it kind of changes, right? There's a place where you're being honest with yourself and you're looking for opportunities to do good for others. People ask me, Pastor Guy, what do you think about the guy I'm dating or the girl I'm dating? And I just say, are you more like Jesus? Like, after that date, are you more like the world or more like Jesus? Because a good date will make you fall in love with Jesus even more. They say, oh, that's not the answer I wanted, guy. I know. That's, but you asked me. What about this friendship? What about this job? Because it says, seek first the kingdom of God. Love God most. Uh, the fruit of my relationship with Christine is that we fell in love with each other, but we also fell more in love with God. And we said, God, I want to do it your way. Was it always easy? No. But that was our heart. God, I want to do it your way. I want to love as you want to love. Amen? Okay, uh, instead of being a false witness, I might have missed this one. I've said honesty. I should have put build others up. So instead of tearing people down, we want to build them up. Right? So you're going to build up your pastors. You're going to, you're going to find something good. A lot of you guys do that. Thank you. Uh, you're going to find something good in your marriage, and you're going to build that person up. Uh, sometimes false witness is, can be like even true, but you don't say it because what good is going to come from it? They always say, if you can't say something good, just don't say it. Why is it so fun saying bad things? I don't know. Just don't say it. And then when people around you are saying it, because this whole Paso Robles football thing got out of hand, and people are on the radio. I didn't know what the truth was. I love our students, and I know how, how, how hard they worked. I didn't badmouth anybody. I just wanted the best for the students. I don't know who was right. I don't know who was wrong. It got kind of smeared everywhere. And uh, that's as Christians, we just got to say, okay, God, we're just gonna, I'm not going to say anything negative because what good is that going to do? What good is it going to do anybody? What we can do is we pray, and we can be supportive. And my attention went to the kids. They have been lifting weights. They've been working and running. And Lord, help them do well. That's, that's positive, right? And you've got to keep your eyes on. I don't care if I knew what the truth was or not. Even if I knew the truth and if it was, if it was to hurt others, you can't, you can't speak truth in slander. You can only speak truth in, in love. And there may, may be a place where it says if somebody does something wrong against you, you go to that person privately and you take care of matters face-to-face. -face. You don't spread it through the community, right? Face-to-face. -face. Okay, last one. I'm glad I didn't misspell this one. It's peacemaker, not pacemaker. Some of you got that. That's pretty cool. I did write a, I have verses for a lot of these. Let, let me read a few of them. So the feet, scripture says, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news. The feet of those that proclaims peace, who brings good tidings, who proclaims salvation. And it says, our God reigns. Amen. See, I'm all about like, okay, God has given me a new heart because you went to the cross for me and you took all this stuff under here and you covered it. And, but God doesn't just empty you, he fills you. He doesn't just remove this. He begins to give you his spirit. He begins to 
fill you with the things of God. So now you're laying awake at night not thinking, how can I get revenge? You're thinking, how can I bless? How can I serve? How can I use the talents that God has given me to bless others? How can I use the gifts to proclaim the good news of the gospel? And so as you're driving buses, or if you're working at PG&E, or if you're in Pastor Robles High School, as God begins to fill you with these things, every encounter becomes a God moment. You ever hung around Terry? He loves God moments. He's out there directing traffic. So we're at Cinnamon Roll Place last, yesterday. Shame on us. Jan, uh, blame Janet for the Cinnamon Rolls. But like, I'm looking for a spot to park the church van, which doesn't steer very well. It's funny, you guys in the church van, you're all happy. When I take the other, they're like, this van is kind of tight. Rick's saying, I think I'm sitting squirrel. <laughs> which means it's kind of the middle. But there's Terry, and only the thing that Terry could do, directing traffic. Because it was, you know, Simmerals and the beach, busy. So the goodness of Terry's heart, He's out there just backing these people out and making room for everybody. And, and then he's blessing me because he, I'll just tell a story and I'm done. Like he says, okay, I'll buy the same rolls. His, his wife looks at him says, you don't have your wallet. Which meant that she had to buy same rolls for us. See, this becomes really fun in marriage and in church and in community and at work. And it shows up lots of crazy ways. You begin to pass food over the fence with your neighbors. Because you're looking for any good reason to just love one another. To encourage one another. Amen? Even the most difficult person, try this a little bit. Begin, begin to have eye-to-eye contact. Try being a truth teller and hands that encourage and hearts that plants that be a promise keeper, be a peacemaker. Let's bow in prayer. Worship team, you can come on up. This is called an illustrated message. And, but we're the illustration. As we leave this church, God wants to show the world what it looks like to understand the cross in our marriages, in our workplace. And this is not a conviction. This is a great opportunity. So Lord, we just bow our head for just for a moment. And I guess this is where I get excited. I, 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 there's so much passion, Lord, in, in my heart as I open with the word. And I see what I get to be able to become in Christ Jesus. I see what you want to grow in our hearts as a church. Lord, there's a little school down the street who doesn't have a good news club yet. And Lord, in your time, in your way, Lord, can we have the privilege to start a good news club at Bower Speck? And Lord, it looks like there's hungry people up and down these streets. Lord, can we continue to love and be part of loaves and fishes? And Lord, there's youth groups, our youth group, full of broken kids that just need a hug. They need truth. They need the word of God. But Lord, it often starts with a hug or a handshake or a bowl of ice cream. And Lord, when uh, everybody wants to stir things up, Lord, let us be peacemakers and let us uh, encourage one another in the name of Jesus somehow, Lord. Lord, this morning, help us not just to hate the things that you hate, but Lord, let us love the things that you love. Let love direct us. Let love fill us. Let the love of God bring us that purpose and that wholeness in our life. Thank you, Lord. What a, 
amazing God you are. Thank you for the cross. That makes all the difference. worship you this morning, and we worship you in spirit, and we worship you in, in truth, Lord. Lord, thank you for opening our eyes, Lord, to the things that you love. Lord, thank you that greater love hath no man that can give his life. And Lord, thank you for giving your life for us. And thank you, Lord, for not just your gift, but Lord, how you can change us from the inside out, that you give us your eyes, you give us, in a sense, your hands and your feet, your words, Lord. Uh, the Bible says that we're kind of messengers of reconciliation, that firsthand we've experienced the goodness of God. Firsthand, Lord, we've confessed our sin, and you've filled us with your uh, goodness and your holiness. Lord, help us not to try to do this on our own. That we need to abide in you. We need to walk with you. And Lord, as we leave today, we go in the power of God. And where things seem impossible, Lord, with God, all things are possible. 
Lord, we have you. We have your word. We have your spirit. And we have each other. So, Lord, we go in the name of the Lord. Amen. Amen.